Enemy to those who make him an enemy. Friend to those who have no friend. That's right, it's Everybody's Friend, the weekly Comic Web old-time radio podcast. The Comic Web sells all of the old-time radio programs heard on our podcast, as well as comic books and more. Check out our other podcasts. One is of the Superman radio program, and the other is a video podcast of the old movie Cliffhanger serials. Go to our website, comicweb.com, for information on how to get them, or type the word Comic Web into iTunes, and they'll pop up. This week we have an episode of the All-Star Western Theater starring Dale Evans, first broadcast on September 8, 1947. And because I'm not a huge fan of these Western variety shows, I'm throwing a Jack Armstrong episode in at the end. Thank you. The bakers of Weber's Bread present your All-Star Western Theater. your all-star western theater, starring America's great western singers, Boy Willing and the Riders of the Purple Sage. Our guest today is that famous queen of the western screen, Miss Dale Evans. My name is Cotton Seed Clark, and here are the Riders of the Purple Sage. Sad and pony and pony oh, hopped on her pony, ran away with pony. If you see her, just let me know, and I'll meet you with San Antonio. Just as the moon was peeping o'er the hill, just as the work was through, there sat a cowboy and his partner, Bill. Cowboy was feeling blue. Don't mind your old gal, I know she's cold, pal, if what you say is true. Come down the town, pal, down in the town, pal, good time for me and you. Where is she now, Bill cried. A cowgirl had to be mighty sharp in the days when cattle ranching and lawlessness flourished side by side in the great southwest. She had to be ready to do a man's work at an instant's notice. In addition to her ordinary household chores, her day might include hours of riding horseback or helping to defend the herd or the ranch from Indians or desperados. Yes, our great-grandmothers really worked hard, but they always took time out to see that their men folks had good food, just like the wives and mothers do today. That's one reason why Weber's bread is so very popular with Southern California families. Because modern housewives know that Weber's bread is good food. Weber's is known for its consistent quality, flavor, and freshness. When you serve Weber's bread as toast in the morning, sandwiches at noon, or with more elaborate evening meals, you can be sure the entire family is getting added enjoyment from the menu. Buy a loaf of Weber's bread. On behalf of all of you all-star Western theater listeners today, we're happy to welcome a return visit from America's queen of the Western screen, Miss Dale Evans. As the leading lady of that great king of the cowboys, Roy Rogers, Miss Evans has won for herself millions of fans and admirers all over the world, and the position in the field of Western entertainment achieved by no other feminine star. On the air, she has been your favorite singing star on such great programs as the Durante Moore Show the Edgar Bergen, Charlie McCarthy show, and many others. And now, as the star of the forthcoming Roy Rogers program. 
And here she is in a story of the musical West prepared especially for her entitled Dude Ranch Serenade. Friends and neighbors, sweet and lovely Miss Dale Evans. For several weeks, J.P. Cross has been making an effort to find a buyer for his Nevada Cross Bar Ranch. You see, things haven't been going so well at the ranch. It's been a mighty hot year and the water supply is very low. The sun has done a scorching job on the pasture land and the cattle are poor as a snake. Cross himself lives in Los Angeles. But the affairs of the ranch are in the capable hands of Gil Jones, better known as Jonesy. Suppose we look in on Jonesy and the ranch hands. Perhaps we'll find out just how bad things really are. It's the end of another hot work day, and they're all lazily discussing furniture. If I was an old man across the shoes, I'd unload this layout on one of them smart Hollywood fellows who wants to call himself a rancher. You can say that again. There ain't enough good grass on this place to chink the cracks between the ribs of a sandfly. Much less feet a herd of cattle. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's That's so right. funny about that? Oh, I was just a thinking. Thinking? That's an unusual sport for you to be taking part in, isn't it? Oh, I ain't so dumb. <laughs> Top, uh, what was you thinking? Well, last year it rained so much, everybody was a-wishing they'd rode fins instead of feet, and all of you was a-complaining about it. And this year it's hot enough to slip hair on a bear, and you're complaining about that. <laughs> now, my question is, what do you want, rain or shine? Just a little bit of each, Top. Enough for a happy medium. Well, then you better start paying the preacher a little more regular like. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, here comes old Fat Gilbert. Well, howdy, Fad. Get off your horse and sit a while. Haven't got time, Josie. Got a telegram here for you. All right, Fad. Much obliged to you. Hey, maybe somebody's dead. Well, See you later, boy. Hello, Goodbye, Fad. I wonder who'd be sending us a telegram. Must be from old man Cross. Hope he don't want me to come in Los Angeles again. Well, well come on, Josie. What does it say? Boys, I'm afraid I got some bad news. Well, we'll get, quit talking here and let's hear about it. Mom. Well, we've all been sticking it out here because of our loyalty to old man Cross. Hoping that he'd sell so we'd have an opportunity to dig us a new hole somewhere. So what's happened? Here, I'll read this telegram. The Solar Ranch. New owner insists that you boys stay on the job and help convert the Cross Bar into a dude ranch. Sorry I had to include you men in on the deal. Why, that dirty, dirty old like old huh? rat... After all we've done for him. Yeah, yeah, if he thinks he's going to make a dude drinker out of me, he's crazy. Wait, wait, wait. Here's the worst part. Your new boss will arrive at the cross bar tomorrow morning. She is Miss Judy Gale, the radio singer. Judy Gale? Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? No, uh, Here, let me, let me see that telegram. Well, what's all the excitement? Why, she's just about the biggest singing star in the Western business, that's all. And what in the care has has that got to do with this ranch and you men? Plenty. Well, you said yourself we had the best singing act that you ever heard. And that we ought to be on the radio. And you figure Judy Gay will give you that chance? Why not? If she hears it and likes it, well, she's big enough to do anything she likes. Well, I'm a genius. Ranching will always be here, but radio is just one of them passing fancies or something or other. Jimmy, you go get the guitar. We got some rehearsing to do. <laughs> Now, look, boy, she ought to be driving up most any time. Now, leave everything to me, and before night comes on, I'll talk her into giving us one of them, uh, uh, you call it? Uh, auditions. Yeah, auditions. And after she hears us, she'll send that Tex Lopez and his line riders back to the farm. Hey, yonder comes Jonesy. He's still mad. Yeah. I think I got a way to win Jonesy over. Say, now, let's just perform one miracle at the turn. Now, look here, boys. You better not start in on that singing business with this gal. 
In the first place, it's all a lot of nonsense. And in the second place... You know, Jonesy, since this radio business came up, I've been thinking about something. It's about time you started thinking. With a voice like yours, it wouldn't surprise me at all that you'd make a heck of a good radio announcer. I wouldn't make a... What'd you say? Oh, I've been listening to you talk here late. You have? I've compared you with a lot of them fellas on the radio. And you're as good as any of them. <clears throat> well, now, <clears throat> you know, I might be a pretty good announcer at that. Yes, sir. And if I was you, I'd play up to Miss Judy. She might be able to swing a big deal for you. Uh, Jelly, you're right. I'll watch my talking. Down as you come. Oh, 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 oh boy. Now, now, look. Now, remember, man. Leave it to me. When the right time comes, I'll proposition her about that audition. Miss Gale, Miss Gale, on behalf of me and the boys, and for the courtesy of the crossbar ranch, welcome. Hello, boys. Gee, I didn't expect such a nice welcome. Well, oh, it's the least we could do. This is Gil Jones speaking. I'm glad to know you, Mr. Jones. Oh, just call me Jonesy. Uh, uh, these are the boys, Miss Judy, Lopey, Jimmy, and Johnny. <laughs> well, it's nice to know you, boys, and I'm sure we'll all get along just wonderful. Uh, my, my name is uh, Top, Miss Judy. I do the cooking. Then I know we'll get along fine. I, I've got a great big meal ready to serve you. All and right. I'm just hungry enough to eat it all. We'll bring your things in, Miss Judy. Uh, Thank take you. Take long <laughs> to make the drive down from Hollywood? Well, let's see. I left there at this morning, and it's now... The correct time is now 12.35, courtesy of Gil Jones, spelled T-I-M-E. <laughs> Miss Judy, do you plan to go back to Hollywood this weekend for your radio program? No, I thought perhaps there'd be so much to do getting ready to open my dude ranch that I'd better stay here. So I transcribe my program. It'll be played by record at the regular time. Uh, do you mean we'll be uh, sitting here with you, uh, listening to you, uh, sing to you from Hollywood? <laughs> Something like that, Pop. <laughs> <laughs> what are your plans about the ranch, Miss Judy? Well, first, boys, I want to sell what cattle I got for my deal with Mr. Cross. Uh-huh. Then we'll modernize the place. We'll get a good stock of gentle saddle horses, and we'll build some additional accommodations for the guests. And in the meantime, we'll start advertising our grand opening on the radio and in the newspapers. I reckon you'll be running back and forth to Hollywood a lot trying to keep your radio program going. No, Lopey. Beginning three weeks from this Saturday, my broadcast will originate right here at the Cross Bar. Are you kidding? I am not. Well. That will be the day of our grand opening. We'll have enough guests, I hope, to make up an audience. And I'll have the line riders and my announcer and engineer drive down each weekend. Say, by the way, boys... How do you like my program? Oh, you're great, Miss Judy. Yeah, everybody knows you're about the best Western thing in the country. Oh, you're just nice, fellas. I want to ask you something. What do you think of what do you think of Tex Lopez and the line writers? Well, uh, to tell the truth, Miss Judy, they're not strong enough to support a star like you. And uh, personally, Miss Judy, I think your announcer Clark Cotton stinks. <laughs> Why, boys, I'm surprised to hear you say that. The listeners seem to think they're all grand. Now, you take us, Miss Judy. We sing the kind of music that would do justice to a big star like you. Oh, oh, I see. You boys sing. Do we sing? Well, well, sure we sing. You see, Miss Judy, we figured if you would give us an audition, well, maybe we could... uh... Look, boys, I've only been here about an hour, but I've already taken a great liking for all of you. And I know we're all going to get along just fine, but suppose we forget about wanting to sing. But, Miss Judy, we've... Lopey, Lopey, all of you, my sponsor is very happy with the line writers. If I heard you sing, I'd have to tell you no, and that would hurt your feelings. And, well, fellas, sing, singers need experience, and you boys are cowhands. So, please, don't ask me to listen to you, will you? I'd like to be your friend. Well, 
Well, Miss Judy's been here three days, and we ain't no better off than before she came as far as radio is concerned. Now, look, I've got an idea. Take my advice, and we'll be on that first broadcast from the crossbar. Now you're talking in riddles. But look, don't mention singing around her anymore. I'll let you know my plan in plenty of time. Say, Miss Judy's program is off from Hollywood at 7 o'clock. We don't want to miss no. that. Hurry up, cop. Get that wire plugged in at 7 o'clock. We don't want to miss uh, any of Miss Judy's program. Just leave it to old top. I'll get it. Gosh, Miss Judy, here we are with you fixing to listen to your radio program. I bet there's a million people who'd like to be doing the same thing. Oh, Jimmy, you embarrass me. I'm the one who's proud to be here with you boys. After all, maybe I'm not as good as you think I am, and you can tell me how to improve something. Well, what are you going to sing on your first program? It's a new song written by Roy Rogers and Dale Evans called My Heart Went That Away. It's a cute song, and Roy made a wonderful recording of it, but Dale, well, frankly, I don't care so much for her. Oh, no, you you sing much better than she does, Miss Judy. Thank you, Lopey. She's already folks. Then turn it on, Top. It's 7 o'clock. Right on the nose. Now, everybody be quiet. We don't want to miss nothing. Hello there, friends and neighbors. This is Clark Cotton bringing you America's Queen of the West, Miss Judy Gale. And here she is. Hello, folks. It's good to be with you again tonight. I'd like to start my program with a brand new song written by Roy Rogers and Dale Evans entitled, My Heart Went that Away." You know, I was on their set out at Republic the other day, and they told me how they came to write it. It seems so many of the cowboys used that expression, they went that away, that Roy and Dale thought it might make a good song. That is, if they added a little romantic flavor. They came up with the title, My Heart Went That Away, and an hour and a half later, they'd finished it. And I hope you like it. Gosh, that announcer stinks. Shut up, Jones, unless you're Miss Judy Singer. <laughs> Isn't that important, boy? I went to town to look around and hit the old pie. But when I saw you passing by, my heart went that away. Now you know why, and so do I. I almost went astray. But when I saw you passing by, my heart went that away. Look at me, I used to be a Roman all around. But today you came my way, guess I'll have to settle down. There's not a thing that I can do or nothing you can say. But when I saw you passing by, my heart went that away. Now lots of boys are very nice, I meet them every day. But when I saw you passing by, my heart went that away. I knew a boy when I was young, I loved him till today. But when I saw you passing by, my heart went that away. Look at me, I used to be a Roman all around. But you passed by, I caught your eye, I want to settle down. There's not a thing that I can do or nothing you can say. Cause when I saw you passing by, my heart went that away. Well, Miss Judy, we've done a lot of work around here the past three weeks. Yeah, and we're all ready for the big broadcast tomorrow. Oh, you boys have been grand. 
You know, if our dude ranch is a big success, I'll owe it all to you. Oh, shucks, Miss Judy. You're just a saying that. <laughs> Say, when do you expect Tex Lopez and his line riders? Well, they'll come down in the morning. Mel Noah, our engineer, will get here this afternoon and get all the technical equipment ready. Bob Struble, the producer, is here now. Anyway, we can help just let us know, Miss Judy. Oh, that's nice of you, Jonesy. Thanks. That's our ring top. Better answer it. Don't forget the chairs, boys. Don't worry about a thing, Miss Judy. Uh, Los Angeles? Just a minute. Miss Judy, it's long distance for you. Good. Perhaps that's the radio station calling. Hello? Hello, Clark? Oh, splendid. Everything's in order here. Listen, you boys have your numbers well rehearsed. Then when you get here, all we'll have to do is run a timing and we'll be ready for the air. Good. Make it as early as possible, will you? All right. Bye. Is everything in order, Miss Judy? Oh, fine. Clark Cotton and the boys won't be able to be here until about two hours before airtime, but that'll be all right. They have a show in Hollywood in the morning. Do they know Do they know what road to take? You know, it's mighty easy to get lost in these parts. Well, I wrote them the instructions. I told them to take Canyon Road after they left the highway, and it would bring them right to our door. Hey, by the way, how are our reservations? Stroll out, Miss Judy. We'll have the place overflown with dudes by noon tomorrow. That's wonderful. Jimmy, uh, you and Johnny come with me. I've got a job for you. Now, look, uh, here's what I want to do. Well, never mind what you want us to do. That broadcast comes off tomorrow, and you promised us you had a plan all figured out. Now, what is it? Yeah, what about it? Well, just keep your shirt on. That's what I'm coming to. Now, look. I want you and Jimmy to take the truck about noon tomorrow and drive down to Canyon Crossroads. Are you crazy? Now, wait a minute. Listen. I want you to park right there at the crossroads and wait. Now, look here, Lopey. Well, let me finish. I want you to wait there until you see that radio gang of Miss Judy's heading this way. Yeah, and escort them back to the ranch. I quit. Oh, if you don't shut up and listen, I'm going to hit you with an axe handle. <laughs> now, look. Take down the sign with the directions on it. They're bound to stop and ask how to get to the crossbar. And which road to take. I want you to send them on the doggone wild goose chase they ever went on. Well, it's three o'clock, and according to Miss Judy, they'll be here at the ranch about four. And that's about an hour's drive from here. Yeah, I hate to think what's going to happen if this don't work out. Look, here comes the car. By golly, I believe that's them. They're slowing up. They see this crossroads. Yeah, this will confuse anybody. Let's take your turn, down. You do the talking. I got a little religion, and I don't want to lose it by telling such a lie. Yeah, <laughs> just leave it to me. Hey, I want a few men to tow us into town. Sorry, old boy, we haven't got time. Say, we're in a big hurry to make a broadcast. Which of these roads do we take to reach the crossbar ranch? Are you kidding, friend? Why, no. What do you mean, am I kidding? Why, you're on the wrong road to the crossbar ranch. The wrong road? Did oh, you hear that, guys? Oh, tell us, how do we get there? Well, you could go back to the main highway where you turned off about 75 miles back. But Miss Judy, baby, they'll drive in most any minute. Are you kidding? It's five minutes till airtime. What am I going to do? No music, no announcer, no singers? Miss Judy, we'll be glad to help you. I play guitar and... Oh, that's impossible, boys. You couldn't possibly do it. And think of all our Dude Ranch customers who are expecting to see this broadcast. But I'm telling you, Miss Judy, we can do it. We have a guitar, a bass fiddle, and an accordion, and a clarinet, and a piccolo. Just wait till I get my hands on that Clark Cotton and that Tex Lopez. 
I'll wring their necks like a chicken. Well, Miss Judy, we're better than nothing at all. Yeah, and it's almost our time. Our instruments are all tuned up and ready to go. I don't even have an announcer. I beg your pardon. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, not you, Jonesy. Well, I, I swiped that script of yours last night, and I've memorized every line of it. Oh, Judy, it's about that time. Shall I talk to Hollywood on the line and cancel out? And ruin everything after I've advertised this thing for three weeks to the four corners? Not much. Grab those instruments, oh, boys. Boy. Here's oh, a script, yeah, Jonesy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to do an air show if it kills me and the listeners, too. What's your first number, Miss Judy? Nobody's darling but mine in the key of, let me see, E-flat. Don't worry, Miss Judy. We'll make it good. Thank you. Just do your best, boys. What else can we do? Now, come on, let's go to the broadcast room. Everybody's waiting. Ladies and gentlemen, we're sorry to have kept you waiting right up to broadcast time, but we've had some difficulties on our first broadcast, which we will not undertake to explain at this time. It's now only a few seconds to go, and we'll ask you to be quiet, please. And throughout the broadcast, remember to follow the instructions of our announcers, Mr. Mr. Gil Jones, folks. Mr. Gil Jones. Jonesy, please be a good announcer. Just this once. It's in the bag, Miss Judy. Five seconds. Quiet, please. From the famous crossbar dude ranch in Nevada comes America's Queen of the West, Miss Judy Gale. And here she is. Thank you, Jonesy, and hello, folks. It's good to be with you again tonight. We're broadcasting our program from my new dude ranch in Nevada, where we hope to be seeing you real soon. To get things underway on our first dude ranch broadcast... I'm going to ask some of my ranch hands, Lopey Willingham and his boys, to join me in an old favorite of yours, Nobody's Darling But Mine. Come sit by my side, little darling. Come lay your two hand on my brow. Promise me that you will never for this week. We hope you'll all be back with us again next Saturday night. And until then, this is Judy Gale saying so long and goodbye to you all. Join us again next week at the same time when you will hear America's Queen of the West, Miss Judy Gale, 
This here is, I mean, this is Bill Jones speaking. All right, you're off the air. Oh, Miss Judy. Yes, Bob. Your sponsor's on the broadcast line and wants to talk with you. Oh, all right. Here goes, boys. How do we do, Miss Judy? Oh, I know you did, Grand Boys, but I was numb from the moment we hit the air. We'll know in a minute. The sponsor's on the wire. We're just talking to the microphone, whose voice will come through the loudspeaker. Well, here it comes. Hello, Mr. Nassiger. Judy, where's Clark Cotton and that gang of no-good musicians? Hey, they didn't show up for the broadcast, Roy. Then who was that crew of hillbillies you had playing and singing for you? They were... Well, they were some of our red hands. What? Then put them under contract. Don't let them get away. They're the best I ever heard. What do you like? We're the best I likes them very much, too. Now, she's going to pick up Kilpatrick in San Francisco and bring him down to the broadcast next week. Oh, I'm so glad you like them. Hey, that's the best show you ever put on. I'm doubling your salary and another year's contract. And who's that announcer? My ranch foreman, Bill Jonesy. <laughs> They're beginning right now. He's got a steady job. Oh. I'll be down in a few days to see you. Goodbye. Well, boys, what to know about that? Oh, get some water, quick, boys. Miss Judy fainted. Get some water. Ah, uh, thank you, Miss Dale Evans, for a return visit to the All-Star Western Theater. Our guest star will return in a few moments, friends and neighbors. Life wasn't easy in the days when men were fighting each other and the elements to carve a home from the rough and ready frontiers. And history is rich in the many stories of the heroic women who helped to bring the spirit of homemaking to the lawless old west. The development of the great cattle country would have taken a lot longer if it hadn't been for the women who stood staunchly by the side of their men, who endured hardships to build homes and raise families. That tradition has been handed down to the women of today, too. It is still woman's task to be the home builder, to see that her family has the proper care and plenty of good food. And that includes plenty of Weber's bread, because Weber's bread is good food. With its firm, even texture, golden brown crust, and appetizing flavor, Weber's bread adds extra enjoyment to every meal. Remember Weber's bread in the Blue Gingham wrapper. Now, here is Foy Willing with our grand guest star, Miss Dale Evans. Dale, you're about the nicest thing that has ever happened to our all-star Western Theater, and we want to thank you for taking time out from a busy Republic picture schedule to visit with us once again. Boy, it's always nice visiting with my friends, and all of you Western Theater boys are really my friends. But let's get on to business. How about another song from the writers of the Purple Face? All right, Dale. I think maybe the folks would like to hear To Each His Own. Mm-hmm. We'd love it. Oh, must remain with the sun and the rain Or its lovely promises come true Thank you. 
if a flame is to grow, there must be a glow to open each door. There's a key. I need you, I know. I can't let you go. Your touch means too much to me. You've heard your all-star Western theater, a V.M. Bear production starring America's great Western singers, Boy Willing and the Riders of the Purple Sage. Our guest star today has been that queen of the Western screen, Miss Dale Evans, whose latest Republic picture with Roy Rogers is My Pal Trigger. My name is Cottonseed Clark. This program came to you from the studios of KMX, Columbia Square. Jack Armstrong, the all-American boy, is on the air, in person, to get you to eat Wheaties. Fellows. Girls, again, Wheaties bring you Champions in Action. Hang on for thrills. Action. Here comes the champion of the railroad. Here comes the Hiawatha. And there goes the champion. There goes the Milwaukee Railroad's new great streamlined locomotive. An orange and silver bullet streaking across the country on the fast Chicago to Minneapolis run. There goes one of America's great trains. A true champion of the rails. A thrilling new train with a cruising speed of 100 miles and a top speed of 120 miles per hour. And today, Jack Armstrong and the fellows and girls listening in salute the Hiawatha, the first of the speed liners. And now, all you fellows and girls, just listen to this. Here's what Bill Dempsey, top-notch engineer of the great bullet of the rails, the Hiawatha, says about your favorite breakfast dish, Wheaties. Quote, Before taking the streamlined Hiawatha on a fast run, I want to eat a big, man-sized, man-style breakfast. A breakfast that hits the right spot and tastes well. That's why I go for a big bowl of crispy toasted Wheaties with plenty of milk or cream, sugar, and fruit. Wheaties fixed this way make a real breakfast of champions. Try it. You'll say, just like lots of railroad engineers say, Wheaties taste great. Unquote. Do as Bill Dempsey and some of America's greatest railroad engineers do. And put Wheaties on your own breakfast table tomorrow morning. Eat the big, substantial breakfast dish that really sticks to your ribs 
and help supply lots of that food energy a wide-awake fellow or girl needs for the energy demands of work and play. You'll say, like lots of champions say, Wheaties are my dish all the year round. And now, Jack Armstrong, the All-American boy. Yesterday, Jack made his way safely across the treacherous ice floes carrying a line to the Pelican. And here we are a short time later. The Breaches boy is working, and the crew from the Pelican is being rescued one by one. Here comes one of them across the ice now. Listen. One boy, men. Lift him clear the minute he comes on board. We've got to start the Breaches box without a second's delay. Oh, I hope it's Jack. It's not, Betty. I can still see him over on the Pelican's deck. He's standing by the rail with Captain Hands. Oh, he oughtn't to wait so long. Well, he's doing what he thinks is right. He knows he'd have a better chance of coming across the ice than any of the crew. Aye, but the ship may go down while he's standing there on the deck. Oh, goodness, yes. The whole stern is blazing now. The ice must be melting around her fast. If she slides free of it, she'll sink all right. Aye, and in a hurry. I don't like the way the flames are spreading forward either. If they reach the forward mast, they'll burn the buoy room. Oh, dear. Northrop, how many are left over there besides Jock and Hans? Can you tell through the glasses? There can't be many. We've already brought over 17 or 18. There's only one that I can see. Send him below with the others and get that breach's back. Quick, man. Back she goes. Over with her, men. Pull hard. Oh, dear. There'll be two more before Jack comes. No, only one, Betty. Captain Hands will be the last to leave his ship. Aye, he's man enough for that. No doubt he's tried to get Jack to come before this. There seems to be some sort of argument going on right now. Hands are shouting and motioning the other man to get back. I believe he wants Jack to go next. Then things must be getting desperate. Yeah, no doubt of it. And I see who that other fellow is now. I thought there was something familiar about him. Who do you mean? Who is he? Robert. For goodness sake. Robert. Gee. Oh, I'd forgotten about him. So, Robert, sir. Well, I certainly hope Jack comes ahead of him. Captain Hands must have had it in for him to make him wait this long for his turn. But somebody had to wait. Aye, but I'm thinking Hans is enough of that traitor, but now the man has no backbone. They've got the breeches boy on deck now. Hans means for Jack to come, all right. Oh, is he going to? No, he's stepping back. Roberts is coming. Hans is raving at him, too. There's a pull on the line. McGregor! Aye, Captain. She's ready, men. Pull her back. He with a wheel. Aye, pull her back faster this time. It can't be helped if you bump him over the ice. Get him across quick. Do you hear Gee, Captain, do you think the pelican's going down? Something's wrong, Billy, or Captain Hans wouldn't get excited. And Jack and Captain Hans ought to climb down on the ice while there's still time. Jack ought to. I'm not sure Captain Hans will leave his ship if she starts to sink. Is she slipping any? Can you tell? She's a little lower in the stern. That's where the fire's been fiercest from the very start. But the bow's still high. Then she's all right for a while. You can't tell, Billy. The ice is sure to be melting faster on the stern. Just a little clear water back there will give her room to slide down stern foremost. Oh, dear. That must be why Captain Hans is worried. We'll make Robert tell us when we get him here. Faster, men! Heave on that rope! Oh, I almost wish Jack would start back over the ice. I believe there'll be time. Robert is almost here. Stand by the grabby men. Get him out quick. Send him up here when he's aboard, McGregor. I'll bet he'll never want another ride like that. Aye, I'm kicking myself for not bringing him back on the island on the penguin. Then we'd have Jock coming aboard and fist up instead. They've got him. They're lifting him out. Oh, I hope he's not hurt. He's not. He's standing on his feet. Over with the men. Watch the go. Robert, step forward. The captain wants to see you. Aye, that I do. Come here, Robert. Yes, yes, yes Captain Campbell. I, I... You needn't be scared anymore. You're safe, man. It, it's not that. I, I had the wind knocked out of me, that's all. 
I'm grateful to you, Captain. Do it. What's wrong on the pelican? Why was Hans raving at you? He's got it in for me. He made me wait till all the rest of the men had been brought across. We know that. But why? What was he excited about when you left? Does he think the pelican's going down? No, not right away, unless... Unless, well, unless what? Unless the gasoline explodes. Oh, gosh, racer. What's that you say? Is there gasoline on the Pelican? Yes, an extra supply for the plane, but it's stowed forward. That's why I didn't mention it to the captain when the fire started. The fire was aft. I thought the men could put it out. But, great Scott, it should have been thrown overboard anyhow. Aye, now I understand. No wonder Hans turned on you, Roberts. And I think I know what happened. You didn't mention it to him because you were afraid he'd ask you to go below and get it. I might have been trapped down there. The lights were out. None of the other men would go. And there's no danger even now. The flames are nowhere near it yet. It'd only take a spark to set it off. But I looked down the hatch only a while ago. It's still dark where the gasoline's stored. That's all, Roberts. Get below. You'll be given a bunk and all the food you want. And try to keep out of my sight from now till we set you down in port. Okay, if that's the way you feel about it. Well, Joe, that gasoline is serious. Yeah. Jack wouldn't have stayed there if he knows it's on board. Goodness, no. He should have started back over the ice long ago. I'm sure he knows what he's doing. You can't tell much from what Robert says. We'll get a straighter story from Jock himself. But no matter where that gasoline is, it's dangerous. The fire may break through a bulkhead in the hold and sweep through the whole ship like a flash. If it does, Hans will know it. He'll order Jock over the side. Oh, they've got the breach's boy now. They've pulled it up on deck. But I can't tell who's getting into it. It's Jack. Hans is helping him. Fine. Oh, I'm so glad. Boy, that's great. Oh, at last. McGregor! Stand by to heave the minute the jerk comes. But take it slower this time. It's Jack that's coming. Aye, aye, sir. You hear that, man? We're pulling the lad over next. Aye, aye, sir. He's ready. He's ready. All the way, men. Give her a strong, steady pull. Aye, sir. Oh, oh, Jack, he's safe now. He's safe at last. Aye, there's no more danger for him. But the pelican may go down when he's halfway across. He can come the rest of the way on foot if it does. Sure he can. But, gee, I hope we have time to save Captain Hands. It'll be a close shave if we do. The flames are spreading much faster now. I'm sure they're sleeping into the forward part of the ship. Seems to me she's settling more. She is. The stern's much lower than it was. Tell the men to pull faster on Jack. He won't mind. McGregor, a little stronger in the hall there. You can get them here quicker without hurting him any. Aye, aye, sir. Faster, man. Speed her up a little. Oh, he's more than halfway here. Yep. He's past that open stretch of water he had to jump. I say. What is it, Northrop? See that stretch of water plainer than I could before. It's wider, much wider than it was. Oh, it's been spreading then. Yeah, and I'll bet it was spreading when Jack made the jump. He knew it was. That's why he didn't try to come back on foot. Oh, of course. Aye, that explains it. Stand by the grabbing when he comes aboard. No! Stand back, men. I'll lift the lad down with my own hands. Listen to that. He's calling us. Yay, Jack! Good boy! Jack! Jack! We're waiting for you, lad. Well done, Jack. I've got him. There you are, lad. And a great job you've done. Watch, Captain. Send the breeches back quick for Captain Hands. Back with them, McGregor. Back they go. They were too slow in pulling me. I thought they'd never get me here. What's wrong? Is the pelican thinking? Yes. She's starting to settle fast. She's almost clear the ice. Captain Hands says she's getting ready for the final plunge. Besides, there's gasoline on board. Roberts told us that. We figured that it was his fault. It was. Haskell, a fellow in charge of the plane, started to fight the fire when it broke out. He told Roberts to go below and get the gasoline and dump it overboard. He thought Roberts had done it. So did Captain Hands. The captain only found out later that he hadn't. By that time, Haskell had been brought over in the breach's boy. Nobody else but Roberts knew where the gasoline was. And by then, he was too scared to go after it. Huh, the coward. I thought so. By Joe, then the ship may blow up any minute. Yeah. I wanted Captain Hands to come on the last trip instead of me. I thought I'd take a chance on coming back across the ice. He wouldn't let me, though. He sure got nerve. Just as well he held you back. There's a spreading stretch of open water. I know 
A couple of other places are starting to open out, too. The whole mass of flows is shifting all the time. Oh, look, the flames are spreading almost to where Captain Hans is standing by the forward mast. Gosh, they'll burn the rope before he gets the breeches on deck. He'll have another minute or so, but no more. Where are the breeches? Can you see, Professor? Yes, they're almost there. He's pulling them up to the rail, and he's got them. Gee, now if he can only get clear of the ship, if he's stranded out on the ice, I'll go after him. McGregor, get ready. Stand by the pool, men. Oh, if he'd only hurry. He's getting into them. I believe he's all set. Yes, there's a jerk on the rope. Haul away, men. Bring them home. Oh, he's off the ship at last. None too soon. I'll give her five more minutes at the most. Less than that, I'd say. When the gasoline explodes, the whole bottom will fall out. It won't be long. Look how the flames are sweeping over the whole deck. The men had better pull hands faster like get him past that open water. Yeah, we don't want the rope to give way when he's over it. Faster in the hole, McGregor. Boy, I believe we're going to get him here. Oh, I hope so. The worst is over. He's more than halfway across. Then he see, he can walk in from there. Aye, we'll have him for a passenger. I'm glad he's rescued. But I wish he could go home on another ship. Well, never mind, Captain. Have him in your power. I want no power over him. I want as little to do with him as possible. Gee, he's going to make it all the way. Just barely. Hang on to him, men, when you catch hold of him. The flames have reached the horse at the other end. Right beside you, Hans. Oh, it's turn about, eh, Campbell? You rescued me this time. Or rather, the boy did. You'd never have done it without him. But we're quit, you hear? Aye. We'll quit. We'll forget the whole thing. Aye, that we will. There's been too much rescuing on his voyage. There's been too much of other things as well, Hans. But your part in it is finished. You can forget that part of it, too. I know what I'm beat. But I'll take those pieces about it from you. Look! Look! The pelican's going down! The gasoline exploded and finished her. Boy, look at her plunge. Oh, what a shame. Ah, there she goes. That's the last of her. Hey, what a fight. That's the end of your expedition, Hans. And what of it, Scotty Campbell? Only this. And putting no restraint on your hands, you can have the freedom of the ship till we get to port. I'm taking your word that you know when you're beat. Then say no more about it. You needn't fear I'll take any sly way to make a trouble for you. That's not my way, and well you know it. But remember this. There's other ships to be had, and the sea's as wide as ever. We'll race for another prize someday, and Captain Hans will take it. Maybe you will, and maybe you won't. But this prize is mine, and I've work to do to make it secure. So off with you, and save your talk. There, you'll see no more of me than I can help. Scott! McGregor, set the regular watch. Push the lookout. We're steaming away from here as quick as possible. It's back to our regular course again. And full speed for the home port. So the penguin is homeward bound with Captain Hands beaten at last. Will our friends reach for taping? Be sure to listen in at the same time next Monday evening to find out what happens next. Fellows, girls, ask your mother for Wheaties right now. Tell our Wheaties of the whole wheat cereal that actually supplies the same amount of heat-producing units you need for body warmth these cold winter days as a hot cereal does. Eat Wheaties tomorrow morning and all winter long, if you like. Fix that famous breakfast of Champion's Way with plenty of milk or cream, sugar, and some bananas. You'll say, just like Jack Armstrong says, Wheaties and bananas are a great combination. And just one more thing. When your mother gets Wheaties... Call her attention to the famous seal of acceptance of the Committee on Foods of the American Medical Association. 
That seal is mighty important to your mother, for it tells her Wheaties are pure and truthfully advertised. By the way, many grocers are featuring specials on Wheaties and bananas this month. Ask your mother to get some bananas when she buys Wheaties for you. Eat Wheaties and sliced bananas for breakfast some morning soon. You'll say it's a marvelous combination. This is David Owen saying goodbye for Jack Armstrong and the makers of Wheaties. They're all the